everybody. Thanks for listening to the USL show brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network of Podcasts, of which we are very proud to be a part of. Uh, definitely check out the whole network on BGN.FM as well as on Twitter at the BGNFM. Uh, I'm Evan Valella, and sometimes I'm joined by my soccer colleagues. Sometimes they're my soccer acquaintances. They're always my soccer friends. Uh, and for the next hour or so, I will be your moderator, host, or maybe even your facilitator of a discussion of the year ahead for some of our Eastern Conference teams. Uh, and this one's kind of fun because they're both new to USL. Uh, I'd be cheating a little bit. However, um, introducing first, for my money, the best ginger in Indiana, although I've only ever met one. Um, he's probably brewing a beer right now called Smoother Transition uh, from Soccer Takes. It's Aaron Gunyan. Hey, uh, how are you guys doing? And I'm, I'm happy to be right. here. It's, and it's a pleasure to have you. Thank you. This is my <laughs> first time on your podcast. And it is. I'm, I'm just... I'm just happy to be a ginger representing the Hoosier state. Mm, mm. And I, I'm glad there's more of us. There's a, there's been a severe lack of, of ginger representation in, in the USL in recent years, both in, in players and in, in, uh, in coverage. So I'm, I'm glad that we have, you know, that taken care of, uh, also joining us so that it's not just a ginger love fest, which would be, um, a great title for my new novel, but I digress. Um, he makes really bad puns about soccer, if you scroll on his Twitter, um, and he gets to go through another Atlanta expansion, which already makes me really jealous, um, from Dirty Style Soccer at Sydney Hunt. Hey, guys, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, thanks, for, I, thanks for being I will have to say, um, I know this is a USL show, of course, but sure. uh, we have a um, obviously a good gender representation on the Atlanta United first team, of course, with uh, Jeff Lorenowitz, so. And you know what? It, it's funny. Uh he he uh, he came up through the hometown club that that I currently reside in. So, um, shout outs to Westchester United. Well, gentlemen, um, we could we could talk about hometowns and gingers for a substantial amount of time, honestly. But this is a USL podcast, so um, the big news today, and I hope you guys all saw it. And if you didn't, that would be strange. Freddie Adu is on trial with the Las Vegas Lights. Yes, he is. Which is a real thing in 2018. (laughs) Uh, He took a year off last year. So guys, um, twofold question. One, if you were an expansion team like Las Vegas, which you you are, or you're representing one, would you bring in Freddie Adu? Uh, And then two, do you guys think he has a realistic shot at making Las Vegas' team? I I, I could probably go first on that. Um, The funny thing is about it is... uh, there's going to be a segment of the fan base that aren't really familiar with really the Freddie Adu story. You know, I mean, heck, he's been a professional for half his life, which which is a long time. But we've considered, like, when he came into um, MLS, um, DC United specifically, it's just kind of crazy to think. Looking back, uh, the number of teams he's played on, um, basically, literally been on the club a year since. I say the mid, the mid, two thousands or whatever. About but, uh, yeah, yeah. But um, he he's certainly bounced around, and while he, he he does have talent, he is a skilled soccer player, and he did make his mark on DC United when he was in MLS. Mm-hmm. Um, for some reason, that's never um turned into a successful soccer career, and I don't know if he, it's been the hype that's been put on him. No, really, since he was a kid, or just an inability to uh, adjust to the changing game, or whatever, it's just never really clicked for him. 
And I kind of joke about like how he's played for a team a year pretty much for over the past few years, but it's really strange. And um, of course he took a year off uh, to really yeah. um, get himself together and kind of get a breath of fresh air. So it'll be interesting to see how that works out over in Las Vegas, kind of a fresh start for him, a chance to reboot, um, reinvent himself. And, you know, maybe he does turn out to be a solid contributor to Las Vegas and makes it back into MLS or the first division team um, overseas or somewhere around along those lines. But, you know, it's, it's a risk. I mean, it's a, um, it's not a huge risk, but it's, it is still a risk, so we'll see what happens with him, and um, I'll be interested interested to see how that plays out for him, in Las Vegas. Yeah, um, Aaron, and I, I think what's kind of funny is is to a lot of people now, at least I think, especially, you know, Freddie Adu is kind of this like novelty act, um, but and I, I think Sydney hit on it pretty well when he first came into the league, he was you know, the prodigal son of, of American soccer, you know what I mean? So it's, he it's, signed his it, first professional contract at the age of 15. Yeah. He was like five. Um, and now he's what, like 27, something like that. If my math. He's, he's 16 and a half. He's been with 14 clubs. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> Not quite. Yeah. uh, he's getting close, but I mean, you know, Sydney alluded to it. He was with, um, Tampa in 2016, made 12 appearances, didn't score at all. And then was on trial with a team out in Poland. And I think came back and trialed for the Timbers briefly. Um, you know, do you have any other thoughts and is this like a viable thing or do you think this is Las Vegas just trying to drum up some more attention? He definitely has class as a skill player, but the point has been made that he just can't stick with a team long enough. He can't make the lasting relationships or the contacts or the friendships needed mm. to, to get a second look. He's been a lot of places and, and all over the world he's played in Europe and, and he's had stints with a half a dozen teams in the United States. He's a victim of his own fame. I mm. think part of his problem is that, because of his notoriety, he demands a higher contract than perhaps what he's worth. And when he comes to town and he says, I'm Freddie Adu, you guys have all heard of me. I'm a former national team sensation. This is, this is what I'm going to get paid. They look at him and say, but what have you done for me lately? Mm. And so he can't, he can't get anywhere. That's kind of, I think what happened to him when he was with uh, the union, was he not with Philadelphia union? Yeah. Yeah. After DC, he was there. Um, I, I, I think, I think you're right. I think you can sum up a lot of his career post that first year or so in DC United as, as you know, kind of a victim of his own fame in a way where he was good and like a serviceable player. I don't think he was ever bad, really. Um, but for what he was and kind of his billing, he never lived up to that. But you look at. Uh, even recently, when he went to Tampa Bay Rowdies yep. just a few years ago, he was essentially given an opportunity for his rebirth as a professional player in the United States and only brought in because he was close personal friends with Thomas Rangan. Mm. And that was supposed to be something that helped resurrect his career because they had been friends since his youth days in the national team. And while he was at Tampa Bay, he wasn't even a consistent player. And when Thomas Rangan left, 
you saw him fall out of the lineup and didn't make a lot of other things. Now, I think he might have been dealing with injuries, but I was following closely because I was, you know, studying the NASL and, and the Tampa Bay Rowdies were an NASL rival of Indy 11 at the time. I was ha- actually looking forward to getting a chance to meet Freddie Adu uh, mm-hmm. when he came to town. He never did make the trip. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a it's a weird one. Um, it'll be interesting to see what, if anything, comes of it. Um, obviously, I, I you know I don't think there's a lot of harm in bringing in a guy for a trial. Um, right. For sure, it, it, so that helps kind of offset. It, it 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 really is kind of a shame. I mean, I mean. Especially, I don't know if it's maybe MLS's fault or U.S. Soccer's fault for putting so much hype on him mm-hmm. as a teenager. Um, but it's just really a shame looking at, you know, here's the guy that's supposed to be the guy in U.S. Soccer. And now, can't get a job. It's having to, um, and that's no insult to USL, but mm-hmm. now having to be a trialist for expansion team in USL that he's not even guaranteed to be on right. within the next few weeks. So just just a really sad story, a really, like you said, interesting story, to say the least. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, you know, it's one of those things where, and, and we'll move on because I don't want to you know beat a horse to death, but he never asked to be the guy either. It was just kind of given to him. And they said, all right, you know, you're next. You're the next Landon Donovan. or, or you, Well, I, I mean, they weren't even being that kind of, I don't know, reasonable, but it was, you know, you're the next Pele and you're the next Maradona and, 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 you know, a 16 year old kid, that's really cool to hear probably, but you never asked for that. So, yeah, but I think on a positive note, I think on a positive note, there's, there's no harm for Las Vegas lights. We're talking about them tonight and we wouldn't have been otherwise. Hey, I mean, he's a player that still gets interest, even if it's a little bit of extra stuff, like what we're doing, it is extra interest that they weren't getting. Yeah. Hey, you know, maybe, maybe in passing, we would have talked about Las Vegas's logo or something. I, I, I don't know, but I, yeah, you're right. I, I wasn't planning on talking about it. And then he, it was kind of a joke actually, like earlier today or yesterday on Twitter. It was like, Oh, Freddie's in, in Vegas. And then he shows up. And so, <laughs> um, who knew, yeah. uh, moving on. Um, and Aaron, you, you're probably feeling a way about this one. Um, Colin Falvey back to the Ottawa fury. um, he previously won a he won a USL title in 2012 with the Charleston Battery, uh, but he spent the last two years with you guys and is kind of one in a, a recent, I don't know, streak of of guys that have left Indy 11 for uh, for USL and in, in some well, which is ironic, but uh, you know you're more versed to talk about this, so I'll, I'll I'll leave you to it. Basically, yeah, I had the pleasure of getting to know him over the last couple of years. He's a good guy. He's a great player. He's hard nosed. He is a locker room leader, a guy that you want to keep things in order. He is going to be missed in Indianapolis and he had a lot of fans here. He was welcomed back to Ottawa and, and that's good for him. I'm happy he's able to find a job so quickly. He did only officially announce that Indy didn't want him back just two or three days ago. So mm-hmm. that's a very quick turnaround for him. He's not the fastest. And he's not the best leaper for a center back, but he is one of the smartest guys on the field. He puts himself in good positions. Uh, his beard is built for the Canadian winter. And mm. you got to respect that. I have actually, I mean, he has taken some hits that I think would have hospitalized others. And he just shrugs it off and he says, we go again. 
He so, is a, so definitely a guy, uh, a guy when Ottawa's back in town this year that I'm going to want to at least say hello to is, is what I'm hearing. Absolutely. He's hilarious. He is a little okay. bit of a close talker from time to time, but that's fair. I, that's all right. An excellent student of the game. And, and when you pose a question to him, he will, you know, if it's a good informed soccer question, he will give you the rest and everything you want to know. He doesn't hold back. Good. He, he doesn't mince words and, and he's very honest in his assessments of himself and his teammates. It's a, it's an I, actual well, pleasure to interview him. <laughs> then I guess I'm going to have to try harder. Um, cause you know, I only get one shot really. So, yeah. um, I have to make it count. Um, yeah. And, and what's going on? I don't have a, I don't have a good way to transition this. So I'll just do it. What's going on with, with Indy 11 in terms of players. Cause you guys, I know there was, there was rumblings about, you know, the team has kind of allowed guys to walk and, and, and things like that. Like what's, what's happening huh. I guess is what I'm asking you. Well, obviously, there's a lot of there are a lot of things in flux, right? Indy Eleven currently has announced zero players on their roster. That doesn't mean they haven't been working. That doesn't mean they don't even have players signed. They don't have all the official paperwork in, is what some of that means. I don't believe that they have eight players that they're sitting on waiting to announce. They might have one or two players that they're sitting on waiting to announce. But either way, that's that's somewhat troubling, right? I mean, it's pretty yeah, yeah. late stages. You're if you go to Indy Eleven's roster page right now, you can't even click on a on a button that says, you know, show me the players. There are no mm-hmm. players available if you ask anyone in the front office for Indy Eleven. That includes anybody returning from the 2017 roster. There are no players listed. Uh, they have they're all either out of contracts or in contract negotiations or renegotiations. Mm-hmm. There were a few players that were re-signed very recently ahead of the switch to USL. And that means they had NASL contracts. They were Their options were picked up as NASL options. And now that the switch has occurred, that essentially voids their contracts and they need to renegotiate. So currently, Indy 11 has zero USL players. Um, what's going on in Indy? They got a new coach. They announced him at the beginning of last week. Yep. He is going to be fast and furious with his signings. And I want him to have free reign. I want him to bring in the guys he needs, but he needs to do it quickly. And uh, Sid, you guys are in the same boat down there in Atlanta with the, uh, as far as the coach goes. And yeah. then, you know, uh, Gerardo Martinez saying that there's a couple of guys that might be spending some quality time in, in USL this year. Yeah. Um, We'll talk about the coach first. I'm Scott Donnelly. Um, just hiring on really within the past couple of um, past week as the uh, first Atlanta United two head coach. Um, has experience with um, uh, U.S. soccer from a youth capacity, so I think that was a good sell for um, the um, Atlanta United staff there and Eels team president and bringing him in. Um, yeah, assistant coach with the uh, U18, U18 mm-hmm. team. So uh, that kind of speaks to the fact that, and we'll, we'll probably talk about this later, but we'll probably speak to the fact that you know, this will kind of be a, a, a laboratory, so to speak, mm-hmm. for the younger players on Atlanta sure. United's roster. Um, I think we'll talk about it later. Um, yeah. Guys that come to mind, um, Andrew Carlton, uh, Chris mm-hmm. Goslin, 
two of their homegrown players. Um, George Bell, another homegrown, homegrown player. Um, Gallagher, who they just drafted uh, the other day, the Super Draft, um, as well as Mouse Robinson, who they drafted last year. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't see a lot of time um, with the first team at all. Um, but um, with Atlanta United 2 in the, the picture and Atlanta United now having full control of this young player yep. all the way up to the senior level, I wouldn't be surprised to see you know, a guy like Robinson, um, Gosselin, you know, guys like that get yep. the bulk of their minutes with the second team. Yep. And if we keep going down that path, we're going to get way, way ahead of ourselves. So let's back up a little bit. Um, the the international news, which is weird that it's happening, but Jamaica is playing a couple games in Turkey. I think one against Turkey themselves and then another one against South Korea, I think. Um, off the top of my head. But uh, the, the USL MVP from last year, Dane Kelly, uh, Louisville City, Speedy Williams, and, and San Antonio midfielder um, Omar Gordon, all making the, uh, the Jamaican national team. Um, not a whole lot there. I mean, you know, it's, it's always nice to see guys get looks from, from the reggae boys and, and Jamaica's national team coaching staff and, and just kind of their scouts seem to, um, you know, value guys that get that, that experience at a, at a professional level in the United States at, in any capacity. So um, I think you've seen kind of that relationship branch out and hopefully, you know, with, with more teams and more guys and, you know, a ton of matches this year, um, in USL, you'll you'll see more guys from this league get caps. Omar Gordon is a player that spent time with Indy Eleven two two seasons ago. He was he was brought into the NASL from head coach Tim Hankinson, who actually coached him at Montego Bay United. After, I mean, this whole relationship is is just like a, a love triangle. Now, Coach Hankinson is back at Montego Bay United because he was unable to be picked up at Indy 11 the the scouting report on Omar Gordon first of all super nice kid wheels like you wouldn't believe he does lack a little bit of the ability to pick his head up and find teammates but I'm super happy for him getting national team appearances and you got to thank coach Hankinson for scouting him and bringing him to the United Mm -hmm. States for the first time when he came to Indianapolis it was his first time on U.S. soil and uh, it was a very tough adjustment for him to get used to being away from his family. A rags to riches story, kind of, maybe not riches because he's playing in the USL, but um, definitely comes from, you know, he's, he's self-made right now. And mm-hmm. so good, good luck to him. Yep. Sid, with, with all the, uh, the, the South American influence that the first team has, is there any kind of direction you're seeing for, for the two side? I mean, it's kind of interesting, obviously, with the team just coming into a formation. But um, sure, I'm kind of asking you that early. I guess I apologize. Right? No, no worries. <laughs> no worries. Um, but it looks like with the South Americans, you know, those guys for now will be getting the most of their um, most of their time with the first team. Maybe down the road, we'll see more of that South American influence seep down to the second team. Mm-hmm. You know, as maybe even this year, as um, as some Scott Donnelly and his team down there in the in the second team try to build their roster but um for now at least it looks like you won't see a lot of that influence in the usl for atlanta at least mm-hmm. not in 2018 i don't think mm-hmm. uh and then uh we got two more two more usl proper news items and then we have a d3 one uh the the rochester games and and gentlemen 
Um, this is a weird introduction to USL. There used to be a team called the Rochester Rhinos. Uh, now most of their players are actually in Pittsburgh. So if you want to get a feel for how they used to look, you basically just watch the Riverhounds. Right. Um, but uh, for whatever reason, there is a bunch of games. There's actually four, it looks like, being played at Rochester's former stadium, Capelli Stadium. And in fact, uh, two of the teams we have here today, mine, uh, Bethlehem Steel FC, and then um, Indy 11, are making trips up. Uh, a, why is this happening? And B, Aaron, if you're anything like me, you're a little ticked off that it's happening? I have no idea what's going on. Okay, I mean, great. So, uh, <laughs> I'm the worst guest. I have so much information that you don't want, and yet none of the information you do want. So, so let me help you, because I don't really understand what this is either, but but here's what's happening. On, on May... F- no, on June 16th, there's a game between yourselves and Toronto FC2 where Toronto's the home team, uh, but it's played in Rochester, New York at the former Rhinos Stadium. Um, and they're doing this four times. A lot of people think that it's so that the Rhinos can have their stadium because there's a weird thing in their contract about if they don't play professional soccer for a year, they're done um with the stadium so i it, it's a very strange thing i don't understand it i really don't like it especially being a guy that covers a, a mls2 team where a lot of times our our roster isn't picked until like thursday of the week before the games um so like having 48 hours to get everyone where they need to be and then throw another wrench into the plan that we're traveling to rochester instead of toronto um yeah i don't i it's strange and and i know one that i've talked to likes it and i'm sure that's not going to change but um is there any way that you guys in in indianapolis fancy a trip up to rochester new york the indy 11 supporters are pretty good at traveling fair they have made there's my only problem is that there's going to be no toronto fans there and they'll just be like you guys hanging out in a green and yellow stadium it's going to be that's how it's been for the brickyard battalion even when they travel to (laughs) when they travel to places away in the nasl there have been Mm -hmm. quite a few times when they were plenty loud um i i will tell you that the brickyard battalion fans are extremely excited about having closer rivals they're likely to take less of the 12-hour road trips doesn't mean there won't be Mm -hmm. any uh but i bet there will be a lot more satisfied fans that get to take two hour trips to Cincinnati and, and two hour trips to Louisville. Yeah. Uh, sit on the, on the topic of rivalries. You got to be feeling away with having a bunch of teams in the, uh, sorry to steal a phrase, but the dirty South around <laughs> you. Yeah. I mean, it, it's really exciting. Um, obviously if Nashville, which is three and a half hours up the road. Mm-hmm. So that kind of develop into, I think it's a nice little rivalry at least until, um, Nashville moves up to MLS. And then after that, we'll see what happens. Maybe um, Nashville SC or wherever they're called, when they get up to MLS, maybe they develop a um, MLS 2 team in the USL. So we'll see what mm-hmm. happens. Um, Charleston, which will kind of have that strange connection because Charleston is pretty much yeah, yeah. former affiliate of Atlanta United. So that'll be fun to see, fun to see that play out. Uh, Charleston, by the way, a beautiful city. Uh, I don't know if you guys have gone, but just a gorgeous city all oh, the way. Good thing. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, Charles, I mean, uh, Charleston, Charlotte, Charlotte Independence, yep. um, North Carolina. Uh, no, those teams as well. 
uh, I want to say Richmond. Um, Richmond, I mean, it is in the south, but quite a ways out, like eight-hour road trip from mm-hmm. Atlanta. Um, and then, of course, um, Birmingham coming into the league next year, which I think yeah. will be a more permanent rivalry, a derby, if you will, mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. ATL UTD2. So yeah. looking forward to seeing how that will play out with the Legion and Atlanta United 2. Should be a lot of fun, especially over the next couple of years as the league kind of gains more of a foothold near the south. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then the the final USL D2 news, and, and Aaron, you can help me out here. Um, Giuseppe uh, Gentile, Brian Shriver, Austin Yearwood all signed with the uh, the Richmond Kickers, um, which is good. I know a, a couple weeks ago, I think Phil and I were saying that Richmond's got to do something because they are far behind everybody else as far as acquisitions, you know, for players, um, especially compared to the other USL teams, at least. And uh, and now they get a couple guys who have some some good experience um, in in NASL, and then I know Yearwood was with the uh, the Charlotte Independence last year. So, oh, if you want to talk about scouting reports on players or what, it, I see you smiling there. I don't know what I, what your question is. Whatever whatever you got, I know I know uh, Schreiber was with the Golden Boot winner last year. No, no, the gold. Should... Now I'm gonna. Draw blank, but Shriver <laughs> has led the league before in goals. I think I just saw something about him. I mean, he he puts in goals. He's a forward. Richmond needed a guy that could score, and and they they got one. Listen, um, this is kind of one of the effects of of the the shutdown or or kind of whatever middling success that NASL is having, where where teams mm-hmm. are folding left and right. There are excess players that are floating around. This is kind of one of the things that somewhat ties back to Indy Eleven, but. Head coach Martin Rennie of Indy 11 has said he's confident in the amount of talent that's out there based on the fact oh, yeah. that FC Edmonton has folded, San Francisco Deltas and the NASL has folded. You know, you have teams like Jacksonville Armada who aren't going to be playing. There are a lot of there are a lot of players available that can be picked up and so if if teams find the right contracts at the right time, uh, you can pick up some easy talent, but Brian Shriver is a natural goal scorer in any league. I I wouldn't want to be a defender anytime he's on mm-hmm. the field. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and and to your point, I mean, you know, anytime there's a lot of clubs that just kind of stop being clubs, um, there's a lot of guys out there that you know need a need a home, so to speak. Um, and I, I think you see that already. You know, a lot of USL teams will take guys maybe that didn't get picked up in the super draft or guys that you know. Um, get let out of contracts, um, you know, and um, this year there seems to be more of those guys. I was actually really surprised Ryan Richter just retired tonight, um, former Bethlehem Steel captain uh, and, and New York Cosmo and, and Ottawa Fury guy and uh, Toronto FC, um, as I thought there was going to be a spot for him somewhere, but, you know, um, it is what it is. Sid, is there any rumbles in the Atlanta area of of bringing in some NASL guys? Um, no, not. Or do you want any of them? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we'll we'll take them if they're available. But <laughs> no, no, I haven't heard anything. Um, again, obviously the draft was the other day, so that's a kind of a good source of players yeah. that Atlanta can draw from. Um, again, you know, several homegrowns, um, academy yeah. kids, may, maybe call up. So uh, we'll see how we'll see how the team really builds its roster. Um, 
and how that comes together in the next few weeks. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then D three news. Uh, we had one of the the division three comms guys kind of start throwing uh, throwing some scraps of information our way via a map. Uh, and uh, and it was revealed that Tormenta FC down in Georgia is the first Division Three club in in USL, and I'm sure this will start a domino effect. Um, so guys, what are your thoughts on on the whole Division Three thing in general? And then you know, if you know anything about Tormenta, they're a decently well known club, at least in my head, for for kind of a, a PDL team. Um, yeah, yeah, it's good to see. Um, again, as you look at USL, that just the senior level of USL, if you will, but USL D3 and the foothold they're looking to gain in the South. Uh, Tormenta FC, definitely a good start. Um, I feel, I think, one of several teams that will kind of crop up here over the next few years in D3, um, which uh, uh, just a mess, really, <laughs> um, especially with especially with uh, NASL, which mm-hmm. really circling the drain. Um, and really hanging out for dear life. If I had um, a quarter, yeah, exactly. for every time I've heard NASL and something about death, I'd be a, a rich <laughs> man. Yeah, um, and, and, and you, you got to wonder. You got to wonder how long. And I kinda, I'm kind of sure. going off the script here. We're, you got <laughs> you got to wonder how long NASL will hang on. I mean, mm-hmm. with like five or six teams right now, and I think Miami threatening to leave or whatever is going on yeah. here. So it's just really, really unfortunate. And uh, I know we kind of joked about NHL players and then finding homes, but just unfortunate to see that mm-hmm. kind of take place. But USL D3, we'll see what happens with that. Um, it sounds like there's a good plan in place to get that going. And Tormenta FC is a really good start, I think. Aaron, um, to continue the joke, and then I'll stop because I don't want to be too mean. How does it feel to play more than like five teams? Is that is that neat? That's going to be fantastic. It's not mean. It's something that I said and I talked about for quite a while. You know, at the start of last season, there were eight teams total in the NASL, meaning you have seven opponents, and some teams you were going to play five times. Yeah. And that's just it's just absurd. Now. Looking on the bright side at the time, I said, hey, there's a possibility. I, I do go dark first. I always go dark first, but then I feel bad. I regret <laughs> it, and I try and find a silver lining. And, and so in that case, I actually said, what if what if this turns into, like, you know, a division rivalry in football, you know, American football? What if it turns into, you know, an NBA best of seven playoff series what if you really get to hate your opponent after playing them five times right didn't happen it didn't increase rivalries (laughs) it didn't produce any extra drama yeah you got to see a little bit of tactical stuff if you were really paying attention and you were watching the coaches because there was there was craziness going on with back-to-back games it was not uncommon for NASL teams to, let's say, for example, Indy 11 would go to New York Cosmos, play a game on Wednesday, and then come home and then play New York Cosmos on Saturday. That, again, the players should have hated each other. There should have been more blood spilled, and I'm sorry that it didn't happen, but you did get to see tactical adjustments from coaches, and if you were really, really looking hard, you could see them. (laughs) Um, 
Yeah, for sure. I, and I think it's great. You know, I, I really enjoyed having Tampa and, and Ottawa in last year. I think they brought a nice little flair to the league, especially Tampa. Um, and, and really, you know, at this point, the more the merrier, um, because at the end of the day, and I'll speak for both of you, it's a lot nicer to have teams employed and, and have players, you know, situated because those guys at the end of the day, they have families, yeah. you know, they have themselves to take care of. And, and sometimes there's other people involved. So the more people that we get playing soccer in, in this, in the States, I'm, I'm happy. Um, real quick, if you'll indulge me, I don't have a read. So I'm just going to kind of wing this, uh, as of this afternoon, uh, the USL show is back with the affiliate program of Soccer Loco, which is awesome. They were uh, sponsors with the uh, with the the Generation One USL show guys back in the day. Um, I talked to to DK out there um, at the uh, the coaches convention in, in Philly actually uh, after the draft happened, and uh, he said they were interested, and so we're we're back up. So uh, what you can do, and hopefully it'll be up, fingers crossed, by the time this is aired. Uh, or live, but you can go to the USL show.com and there should be a banner for soccer loco. Click on that. And then anything you buy through there, we get a, uh, we get a kickback on. Um, definitely we'll expand on that when I have more information or when I know that it's for sure up there, but uh, just wanted to take a quick break. Thank those guys for, for keeping interested and, and I'm, I'm glad to have them back on board for sure. Um, and I can also use that little trick as a transition because now we can just talk about basic preview kind of stuff for both your clubs so um sydney let's talk atlanta united too i know it's a little early but i think from everything you've said you know and, and with the coach you guys have in place it sounds like you're going to take kind of a, a swope park rangers red bull 2 approach where you're going to build or maybe even like a like a timbers 2 or, or sounders 2 thing where it's a lot of um like super young guys and that's just going to kind of be the identity of the club and and the main goal of your team is like the heavy player development yeah yeah i think that's the case um the one for guys here at uh, dirty south soccer um wrote a um, article saying you know if you're expecting a linear to to win a championship anytime soon if mm-hmm. ever uh really don't <laughs> uh, but, yeah. which i mean <laughs> Which I mean, I, I hate to um, do this because I'm a Buffalo sports fan. But, um, um, oh, you poor thing! Atlanta, Atlanta should be used to not winning. Did they force you to do this? Them. Were they like, City doesn't know about winning things. We can just throw them on the two beat. It's fine. <laughs> I, I don't know. That that, that okay. might have played into it a little bit. Yeah, you were you were just you were subconsciously <laughs> attracted to a team that's probably not. You did something in a past life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pay for oh, it now. But um, yeah, yeah. But uh, no, I mean, it, there, there's truth to that. Um, you know, it, it can't be overstated how important you know, it is for Atlanta to have you know, that full control of its really its youth system all the way up to the you know, mm-hmm. senior team. Because the problem with obviously shipping your players off to Charlton get, to get PT playing time is you know, they're not even guaranteed to get any. Mm-hmm. Um, Brent Anheuser um, has to make the decision that's best for the team, not to yeah. indulge um, Atlanta United or whatever they want to do, mm-hmm. obviously being a different team. So yeah, uh, it was really a pri- priority for Atlanta to get this off the ground and really take full control of its players at every stage. And I think that it'll go a long, t- a long way in making the first team better. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, there's that core. Uh, the DPs, Tio Vijaba, 
Um, I mean, um, Martinez said the team will lean on Nagby, guys like that. But again, there will be that group of young players that can help the team. Um, Carlton, who I mentioned earlier, um, Chris Gosselin, um, probably the most immediate players. Uh, Miles Robinson, the draftee mm-hmm. from a year ago. John Gallagher, who they drafted on Friday. Um, and then when you dig in and get to the um, more recent HGP signings, uh, Aquanquo, um, George Bello, you know, guys like that, as well as some of the um, players that they picked up via trade, uh, I think last month in December, guys like um, Mitchell DeBrandt, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Tyler Pasher, who can kind of provide that quote unquote veteran leadership to help those guys grow, the younger guys grow. I think it's really good thing for Atlanta to have in place. Um, and I think that will go a long way in, like I said, making the first team better and making sure that that influx of talent from the academy mm-hmm. on up is always there. Yeah, and, and that's that's definitely been a running theme, and you're even seeing it. You know, DC is is going to make a, a USL team apparently. Um, it you know at the end of the day, it just comes down to who can control you know that that pipeline better than us, and the answer is always going to be you know nobody. Um, now, the question that I have for you, um, in your crystal ball, is Atlanta United signed two players from USL last year that everyone is terrified of in Romario Williams and to a lesser extent, Mitch Hildebrand. Right. I would love it if your answer was no, you won't see them. However, uh, are we going to see any of, of Romy or Mitch in the USL this year? Um, you know, that's, that's a good question. And um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I think a lot of that depends on you know, how things go in training. I think yeah, you'll sure. probably hate the answer. I think you will see a lot of Mitch Hildebrandt and in um, Lady United too. Um, mm-hmm. However, that depends on how he does in training up against Alec Khan, who was mm-hmm. pretty much uh, Greg Gazan's backup last year. Not pretty much, but was yep. Greg Gazan's backup last year with the senior team. Uh, did really well, by the way, uh, while uh, they are waiting for Gazan to come over from Millsboro. But uh, it depends on how he does in camp. Can he knock off Alec Can or Alcon for that backup role with the yeah. senior team? I think if he can, he'll spend the, most of his time up there. We'll see Khan, who is a, a local guy from Decatur, mm-hmm. Georgia, here in the Atlanta area, get most of the time with the two team. Um, and it's funny because I don't want to see Khan either. Like you guys are like weirdly stacked at goalkeeper yeah. for like USL, yeah. and that like I really don't like I don't want to see Mitch Hildebrandt uh, for obvious reasons. Yeah. Um. But like I also would rather just not see Alec Khan either. So it's like the lesser of two evils, and I'm not sure which one I'd rather at this point. <laughs> um. Now. Um, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. With, with Williams, you know, right now, if, <laughs> if I'm if I'm wrong, please correct me. But is there not a, a shortage of guys up top for Atlanta United? And do you think he's the answer, or are they looking to sign somebody else and then and then send Williams back down to the the two side? You know, um, uh, I know Carlos Bocanegra has said that the team will sign another player. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that'll be a forward or a defender or a midfielder. Uh, he obviously did the tipest tip his hand as to sure. what position this player will be, but word on the street is that um, 
Williams will probably be Martinez's backup with the senior team. With Good. Possibly. <laughs> Good. That is great. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, with possibly uh, maybe Brandon Vasquez um, getting mm. a lot of time with the two-team. Uh, again, this obviously depending on training. Maybe, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe <laughs> Vasquez can and Williams can really set this apart. It, it, it's a good problem to have. I mean, oh, for sure. Williams, of course. I mean, what can you say about him and what he's done at USL? Um, Vasquez, a young kid who I think will benefit from having a lot of time down with um, Atlanta United, too. Um, Gallagher, who I mentioned earlier, uh, Ford. Um, mm-hmm. Gordon Wild, another draftee. I think we'll see a lot of time with the two team. Um, probably exclusively with the two teams. So I think if I were to um, set up the roster today, I think I would expect to see a lot of Romario Williams up in MLS, at least for now. Mm-hmm. And then guy, a guy like um, Brandon Vasquez, who I just mentioned, and Gordon Wilde, the kid from Maryland, who they just yeah. drafted as Fords um, with Atlanta United too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that seems to be the the union's playbook too. Uh, they just had their first practice today, and and you know the union head coach Jim Curtin said all of their draft picks, uh, all three of them, um, and I'm not going to remember all their names. Right, yeah, <laughs> but it happens. Uh, I know the and I the kid from Wisconsin's great. Matt Danilak is the one name I can remember for whatever reason from Dartmouth is a monster, um, and then the uh, the kid from Cal Baptist. Uh, was lights out in college last year, scored the most goals out of everybody. So they'll be Bethlehem guys if they play well, you know, and, and the union have seen it before where you, you start guys out and steal and then move them up, you know, early in the season even. Um, yeah. But I, I mean, is there any, any rivalries you're looking forward to or just kind of anyone to watch on, on your side? You know, if I had to make you make a choice in January. Sure. Um, I, I really think uh, Nashville SC will, or Nashville SC will be a lot of fun. Um, over the next two years, um, easy trip up the I-75, I-24 from Atlanta, three and a half hours, nice day trip. Um, Nashville's a nice city, a lot to do up there. So I think that will be really Atlanta's primary rival, at least until things get up and running in Birmingham with the Legion next year. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm really looking forward to. Um, I hope to get up there um, and see Nashville SC in action because it seems like there's a there's a great deal of attention obviously with um them really setting setting themselves apart as a future MLS market. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Outside of a of a rivalry scope, um looking forward to seeing um FC Cincinnati obviously there will mm-hmm. be that, that connection with Hildebrandt if he's down here. Uh, so that'll be a lot of fun. Um New York Red Bulls too um, they came out of nowhere, really, to <laughs> Louisville City FC last year in the East. Yep. Um, yep. And then Louisville City itself, I mean, the defending champion, is mm-hmm. another matchup I'm looking forward to. So, yeah, sure. it should be a lot of fun. Well, uh, appreciate it. Aaron, thank you for being patient. Um, I should have mentioned that you guys could get a word in edgewise. I'm not, you know, going to bite you or anything. Uh, but Aaron... Since you guys played last year, albeit in a different league where, you know, for, for a minute or two, people were like, oh, if you say NASL, you get blacklisted. And no one's tried to kill me yet, to my knowledge. 
so we should be okay. Um, Aaron, how was the last year for Indy 11? And, and, you know, what are some of the things that have changed? Here's where you talk about those Santos, um, you know, since that, that ended. There, there are a lot of things that have happened over the last 12 months and we, that's, that's too many podcasts, but let me, let me start by hitting, hitting a couple of things. One, you know, you, you're more than welcome to talk badly about the NASL. I, I certainly did. You you both mentioned, I think Sid mentioned that it was circling the drain at some point, and it just never stops circling the drain. It's like, just keep flushing, man. Just, I mean, eventually it'll go. Um, I I want you to know very clearly that also that the fans of Indy 11 are, are aware of what some of the implications of moving to USL are. Uh, mm-hmm. And even knowing that at stages, different stages last year, in the stands, you could see banners that said things like USL, please. And uh, another time there was a chant that said, hey, Indy, we want to go to the USL. And this is knowing full well (laughs) what that means. And this is with the team owner, you know, being 100 yards away who can hear everything that the fans are saying. Um, The fans are excited. And that's really all you've got right now. Okay, you have a new assistant coach, Philip Dos Santos, who is being well received, and he does have he's related a good reputation. to somebody kind of famous, right? I mean, he he has a good reputation, and people are expecting some things from him. But I mean, he is an assistant coach, and he can't put goals in the back of the net. Just, well, you'd you'd be surprised. Uh, you know what? I would be. I would be. That's excellent. Excellent commentary. Throw a ball from the technical box into the goal, and it counts. I've seen it. Uh, that's not that's not true <laughs> some of that could be true it's hearsay for me maybe i don't know yeah what if it's all it's like slam ball in the usl that's it absolutely so we have two coaches and uh i talked to one of them last week and that was you know scotsman martin rennie he is excited about being here and creating his own club he is a player or a coach that looks for possession-based soccer he is a player or a coach i can't i I can't stop saying player. He is a coach that wants to control the ball and, and dictate the play with formations like a four, four, two, four, three, three, something he's talked about. Uh, There's no way to know what the team is going to look like because they have not announced a single player, but Indy 11 has no affiliations with any MLS teams, no, no partnerships, no contracts. And that's something different for, USL, I know I'm not saying all teams are affiliated and all sure, teams are sure. two teams. That's that's a misconception, and I think that that should be put to rest. But it's not like a, a set pipeline for Indy 11 to pull mm-hmm. players like both right. of you have. Right. Well, and, and you know, I, I mean, even just you coming out and saying, hey, it's not a reserve league. And, and I think all three of us, and I, I, honestly, I think a lot of people that follow USL, the quality of the league would be a lot worse and I'm biased, but it is what it is without those teams because they do perform well for the most part, you know? Um, right. So, yeah, I, I mean, I think I, I, I'll speak on behalf of the league, which is something I'm totally allowed to do and say that I'm very excited to have you guys. Um, and as long as that means that the Slaughterhouse, which is my new favorite supporters group, uh, does not try to kill me, <laughs> I'm, I'm great. Um, they're they're cuddly they look tougher than they are they really but you you tell me they're cuddly and then they have like a goat head and and some vague pentagram things going on and and you know i'm not 
I'm open to Satanism. Um, versus, they've uh, they've had various versions of skulls and crossbones and, and other things. Um, yeah, they're they're designed to look a little hardcore. Their slogan: "We wish you ill." Uh, they. Oh, I didn't they know they it. had that. See, now I like them even more. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, if, yeah, but we'll. I'm sure there's a potluck. It'll be great. <laughs> no question, and yeah. and the the fact that rivalries build sports is something that we're all looking forward to. Yeah. Lower division soccer needs more attention, and maybe it's Freddie Adu that's going to bring more attention. Maybe it's <laughs> maybe it's you know something like a brawl between the FC Cincinnati supporters and and what have you. I know they've already got it on their calendar. The first home match for Indy 11 is March 31st, and and they will be hosting FC Cincinnati. They have no idea which venue that will be in, so good luck mm-hmm. finding it. But it could be, it could be, <laughs> be really, on the mean streets, baby. It'll be in a parking lot. It It'll could be, be really intense, uh, and that's what people are looking yeah. forward to. The yeah. the rivalries yeah. and the fans having a good time. Listen, it's about it's about people getting together. The sport we love. I mean, I, I could. I'm not going to cry. I promised myself I wasn't going right. to cry. It's all right. We're here for you. We're here for you. But the sport we love. I mean, yeah. it's about it's about sharing the brotherhood with people. And and it now is. for it you know the closest rivals Indy Eleven has had over the last two years were North Carolina, and that's mm-hmm. a ten hour plus drive. You know the. Before that, the closest rivals were in Atlanta and Minnesota. Those were eight and a half hour drives. Now you've got, I think, four or five teams within four and five hours. So this is yeah. this is something that the Indy Eleven needed, I think, to go to the next step. And maybe it's what lower mm-hmm. division soccer needs. You know, yeah. USL D three is going to be mm-hmm. a blessing when that fills up. Maybe some of the two teams go to USL D three if they're not competitive. Maybe that's yep. how we get to pro rel in America by yep. by filling up. The divisions we yep. certainly can't have the pro rail conversation until we have fully saturated leagues yes. and um maybe we'll get there mm-hmm. with I stability know, um, i don't know what the atlanta united two supporters will be like i hope they're nice enough <laughs> when you guys visit you'll get welcome with open arms there you go <laughs> yeah no that was that was i i'm I, I think that was the big thing. It was like, all right, there's a team, you know, Midwest, but on the Eastern side of things, because, you know, God love them, but St. Louis going back and forth like three times in the last three years was is, is not great. So it's nice to have a team has a huge built-in fan base. They're actively okay with being in USL, um, unlike a certain club in New York would be, I think, if they ever decided to, to, to join, which that'll be a day. Um. But yeah, no, we're we're definitely excited to have you. Um, I, I think you should you be excited said... to have the Cosmos. They're an excellent <laughs> villain. Uh, everybody <laughs> hates the Cosmos. Uh, Hate I, and passion. I, they're connected. It's yeah. how you build the rivalries, man. It's true. It's I mean, true. I think you already said which which matchup you're looking for in, in FC Cincinnati, and I, I think everyone's really chomping at the bit to see that happen for a variety of reasons. Um. Any anything in terms of like if there was one we'll do this just because you don't have anyone signed right now. If there was one guy from last year who's still out of contract or that you know the club is negotiating with that you could sign like now, you know, who would who would that be? This is an easy one for me. Brad Ring is a player who's been with Indy Eleven since day one. He is a Illinois native, but he did 
go to college at IU in Bloomington, Indiana. So he is he is as local as we can possibly get. Being with the club for the first four years since the very beginning, he's been with the ups and downs. He's been on the roller coaster. He's also an extremely valuable central defensive midfielder. He is also hard nosed, and you know exactly what kind of performance you're going to get from him. Brad Ring, if you're listening, he, you know I'm a fan. And um, come back, baby. You know he's one of those guys that <laughs> you know what performance you're going to get day in and day out. He's also one of those guys that is waiting to have his contract renegotiated. I mean. Mm-hmm. The turmoil that the NASL has created with right. with all this instability and, and league hopping has has put a, a guy in a position and uh, you know he's got a wife and kids and he's got to figure out where his next paycheck's yep. coming and he has no idea at this time he's he's patient and he's not complaining he's controlling what he can control uh, truthfully it's not much but I feel terrible for him and, and a lot of the players that are in the same position that he's in I want Brad Ring on the team. For marketability reasons, I want him because you know he's an adopted Hoosier, and I I want to see him again because you know what, damn it, he's a competitor. He he will get his fair share of yellow cards, and um, hmm. he's calculated about it. You know what I mean? You you don't want that's a guy fair. who's yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. afraid to take a yellow. He's he's a guy that's going to yellow. Yeah, absolutely, and it it sends a message. It sets yeah. a tone. Good man. We need more of that, and that, and that's another way to get those rivalries a little, a little more, you know, organically is to have a guy that's not afraid to get stuck in. Um, yeah. Uh, hey, we we have a Twitter question. It's from a, a friend of the show. Uh, you know, m- host most weeks. He won't be around for for Phil's Western Conference preview coming up, unfortunately. However, Pony uh, did ask Sid for you in Atlanta. Do you think the goal is to try to imitate teams like Swope Park and, and like Red Bull too, or are we trying to come up with something different? No, I think, um, or a little bit of both. Yeah. I, I kind of mentioned it earlier. I think the, the whole approach and, you know, that goes back to why they hired Donnelly sure. who obviously has that youth experience coaching younger players. It's really, it's really from a development standpoint. Um, I don't know if this team will win many games, um, at least in year one. They'll obviously win some. Right, right. They'll obviously go out and... Toronto FC2 is an easy, <laughs> easy win. Yeah. But, um, but um, it, it'll be interesting because, I mean, I hope fans aren't going in with out-of-this-world expectations as to what mm. this team can do because... Like I said earlier, this is really a laboratory, and I think there will be not a lot of experimentation, but a lot of nips and tucks, mm. see what lineups work best, um, a lot of up and down moving between the senior level and the second team. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. It's interesting to see that in full form um, when the season gets rolling. I think uh, the Atlanta United 2 that we'll see, I guess, the New York Red Bulls 2 to open the season mm-hmm. will be a lot different than what we see to end the season yeah. against. And I don't have the schedule in front of me right now. I don't know who they close the year with. But I think from the start of the season to the end of the season, you'll see a much different group and much different, really technical approach, I think. So. Sure. Sure. Um, and even week to week, a lot of times, I think it, it changes, um, sure. at least at least for the two clubs. Yeah. Um, 
Aaron, you you did not get left out. Pony wanted to know for you guys, are we trying to mirror the success that a Tampa Bay or an Ottawa had, or is that an unattainable thing? It is too early to know. I <laughs> I <laughs> it is too early to know. Listen, they don't even have a place nailed down to play yet. The front mm-hmm. office is in absolute shambles. The PR department is failing on levels that that I can't even comprehend. They will have a team. They will have players, and and they might even be good ones. Like I said, they're not going to be looking for table scraps. They're looking for sure. players that have professional, you know, uh, professional chops, professional resumes, and they're going to be picking up from all of the teams that that are no longer with us. Mm-hmm. It's impossible to know who's going to end up in this in this final group. And I know from talking to Coach Rennie that they want to start training camp on February seventh. And I will say for the last time, there are no players. <laughs> yeah, uh, a, a bit of a weird. How many players are there again? Yeah, but more, one more time. I, didn't I can't talk about it, Sydney. I can't talk about it. <laughs> I, I do know. I do know that there are a couple players in the works. So, like to say that you, they've been doing nothing is is not accurate. Sure. However, just more than nothing is not necessarily winning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, listen, for not having any players, you've done a hell of a job selling hey, the team. So Yeah, marketing marketing wise, the team, you know, has done pretty well to create the the footprint that it has in the community. Mm-hmm. When the the team announces numbers like they average 8,000 fans per game, that's pretty realistic. It's it's obviously not the entire butts and seats number, you know, the actual turnstile count, but they do get very good attendance and and there are extremely engaged fans some of the the most engaged in in lower division soccer you look at the numbers they obviously don't stack up to fc cincinnati or even sacramento republic but they're right there in the mix around loose city and and that's where they belong they belong in the conversation the top five until somebody proves otherwise the the fans will be there and they're being very patient with this front office I can I cannot imagine how much longer fans will put up with this. I mean, sure. you can't even actually buy season tickets right now. You can put in a deposit, but you cannot purchase your tickets because they don't know which venue they're going to be selling tickets to. So people yeah. don't even know what the pricing structure for the tickets will be. They're not doing themselves any favors. It's some weird political game of chicken. I can't get to the bottom of it. Mm nobody's willing to move lucas oil is still on the table i think it's the team's first preference Mm -hmm. based on a lot of conversations i've had however based on other conversations i've had it doesn't seem to be super realistic for 2018 so with every passing day we might get closer to a return to michael carroll stadium like i said before the podcast started recording carroll stadium is an old track and field stadium built in the 80s it has no amenities, very few permanent restrooms. Most of the fans actually use porta potties. There are no permanent kitchen facilities or concessions. There's no concourse for fans to seek shelter during inclement weather. There are no locker rooms on site. The players actually, all of them have to change in an adjacent building and actually cross the street onto Carroll Stadium. So um, it's not an ideal situation. The team doesn't control a lot of the revenues from either concessions or 
parking. So they're looking for another home. The team owner wants to have his own soccer specific stadium like they all do. However, maybe Lucas Oil um, is is a temporary band-aid for them looking for their their permanent home. Mm-hmm. A lot to digest there. Um, there was a lot. I ranted. I, I blacked out. No, 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 it's all good. I blacked out. I was I was looking at um, you know, the picture the, the, that pops up the avatar for Sydney, and I just I started dreaming about all sorts of things and mm-hmm. started talking about Indy Eleven. So anyway, we're back. Oddly compelling. Um, hey guys, I don't know if you know, but you can you can find this show. Um, well, I mean, you do know because we we've, we've talked. But uh, at the you at oh my god at the USL show on Twitter is our handle. If you can make sense of that one. Um, we are also uh, the USL show.com or if you'd like to kind of take a look at the network as a whole, it's bgm.fm. Um, I myself, if you, for whatever reason, decide that an hour of your time is not enough each week, which it is, uh, at Valella Vias and Victor, I-L-L-E-L-L-A-B-S-F-C on the Twitter. I also do soccer things for Brotherly Game, um, which is the Philadelphia Union SB Nation affiliate site. But uh, I will stop talking. Gentlemen, uh, and I guess I'll start with Sydney first. Where can we find you on Twitter and elsewhere? Yeah, I'm at SHWrites. So uh, that's S H W R I T E S. You can find my writing at dirtysouthsoccer.com. Um, yeah, I'll be primarily covering Atlanta United too, but you may see me pop in from time to time uh, talking about the senior team. So. Hey. Yeah. It's always a fun one. You're like, ooh, am I allowed to do this? Uh, and then, you know, you feel bad and you're like, I don't know if I can write about this. I, I, I don't know anything. Uh, Aaron, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter pretty regularly at A Gunyan. And I write for Sock Takes. You can find Sock Takes at S O C T A K E S or on the website. I've got a new piece that I'm about to come out with probably in the next 24 hours it's a exit interview with john bush 21 year veteran who spent a lot of time in mls with chicago fire and columbus crew it's it's going to be pretty interesting and uh thank you very much for having me and i just wanted to say it's been an absolute pleasure it's been it's been nice having both of you i i do a great job in that i attack people to be on the show until they agree um and then i relentlessly try to make them like me for like an hour and some change and then it doesn't happen which uh, which sucks, but I'm uh, I'm alone. I have no friends, so I'm used to it. It's great. I like you. I Thank like you. you. Thank you, Sid. That's my that's going to be my my new Twitter profile. <laughs> I like you, Sid. Twenty eight. I mean, we're off to a good start. You didn't it's do true. anything overly I offensive. Been, like obsessively yeah. weird or anything. Like yeah, I mean, I can start, but it's it's fine. Uh, <laughs> well, gentlemen, um, both of you, welcome to the USL. Um, if you, you for whatever reason feel like you want to talk about your team let us know and we will be more than happy to have you back on. Um, but until, uh, until next week where I talk to more people randomly that I figure out who I want to talk to on like Sunday again, this has been the USL show, the Eastern conference preview round two. I know Phil's got some things planned for, uh, for later in the week, be on the lookout for those. But uh, until then guys, appreciate it. And uh, I'll talk to you soon. <laughs>